morning. As most of you know, we've been going through the New Testament with the idea of looking at the specific commands that the Jesus gave when he was on the earth here, and particularly during his three and a half years of ministry. We find in the Great Commission, not only does he tell us to go make disciples in all the nations, but afterwards to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And, and all those, there's over, well over a thousand commands in the Bible. We're looking specifically at the commands that Jesus gave to his disciples when he was here upon the earth. And this morning we're into chapter 7 and verse 7. And all those, although there's three imperatives, three commands in this verse, we, we are going to take it as one. He says in verse 7 of chapter 7 of Matthew, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And so, there in verse 7, we find the three imperatives, uh, the three commands, ask, seek, and knock. <clears throat> when we look at that word ask, it's very understandable to, to us. It means to, uh, to request something. But in the, the form that it's in, it, it means to do it with urgency, almost to the point of demanding. It calls for an answer. And uh, we see here that the verse indicates that there is someone that they're calling to, and it's our Father. And it implied in it that he is going to hear uh, what we ask. And it's in the present tense, which means we need to continually uh, keep asking. Don't just one time ask, but continually that asking should be a part of our life. This should be a day-by-day -day thing when we were requesting something of the Lord, expecting Him to hear, and expecting Him to answer according to His will. And then seek, of course, it means to carefully look out, search for something. It's investigating and searching. It is a very understandable word. And then knock. Of course, knock means to rap on a door. It implies that we want entrance. Uh, and it's implied that it's, a, it's a repetitive. And actually, 
as you go down through this, asking and then seeking and then knocking, uh, they are, in, in a sense, increased in intensity. It's to, it's to ask for something, and then we're seeking to see the answer for that. And then, then it's just a, a constant knocking. And you're not going to go away. You know, somebody's come to your door. Oh, they'll go away. But they don't go away. And, and you just keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking, keep knocking. And so it's... it's, uh, it's um, it's outstanding to realize that it's uh, not us being just impetuous, but it's what God tells us to do. Keep knocking. He wants us to, to be involved in, in knocking. Uh, and in a sense, we're saying, come on, open the door. And you knock and knock. And if you're on the other side, it could become uh, uh, annoying. So asking, seeking, and knocking, and in each one of these, uh, it's in the imperative, as we said, but it's in the present tense. And so if we just start to break it down and look at other scriptures and kind of bring in their other thoughts, there are some wonderful promises given with this, these uh, commands. He says there in verse uh, Seven, ask it, it shall be given to you. That word shall is a very positive word. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And then he emphasizes it even further. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that, op- that knocketh, it shall be opened. So actually, as you look at this, it's really one of the most uh, outstanding passages in the Bible. Ask, and it shall be opened. Seek, and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, and knock and it shall be opened unto you. Yet uh, when I uh, look at my past life, and when I recall things said to me uh, in the counseling sessions, I remember words to this effect. I asked God, but I didn't receive anything. I sought for the solutions, and I sought for help, but I came away empty. I knocked. I persistently knocked. Yet uh, my request was rejected, and it wasn't open unto me. I asked the Lord for this, and I didn't get it. I sought for the answer. I didn't get it. And doors just seemed to be closed instead of opened. Now listen, there's either something drastically wrong with this passage, or we got it messed up. Did God mean what he said? 
Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Maybe, maybe the King James translators messed up. Well, let me assure you that as a, a missionary to Ghana, they used to say, when God has spoken, he has spoken. I'll never forget what Brother Nayanu said in those words. And so the problem is not with the word and the problem is not with God, but the problem lies with you and I in actually grasping and understanding what this is about. I think, first of all, we can't divorce this uh, passage from what's preceded. We looked at the command, judge not, there in verse 1 of chapter 7, and all that that involved, and how that how we judge in a wrong way is going to be turned around on us. We talked about give not that which is holy unto the dogs last week and, and uh, being careful in uh, giving the gospel and the things of God. And even uh, Brother Seth came afterward and, and had a great observation. He said that... Uh, There'll be times at work that, you know, the Lord has answered some prayer in his life and he's all excited about it and he wants to share it. And when he goes to share about what God has done in his life, they just, they just blow it off, you know. Well, that was interesting or, you know, that was, you were, you were just in the right place at the right time. And so when we find people like that, he, he says, don't, uh, don't give that which is holy and precious to them. But uh, go on. And so as I study the judge not and go back and remember the things that we said in that lesson and, and about giving that which is holy unto the dogs and, and trying to witness and sometimes my uh, life being very much like verse 5, thou hypocrite first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. That when I come to verse 7 and remembering those sayings, then what my prayers are going to be is I'm asking God to help me get that beam out of my eye. I'm asking God to help me not to judge. I'm asking God to give me, to give me insight into those people who I should really witness to. I know we're to give the gospel to every creature, but it's talking about here... You know, developing that relationship, and and we even know the Lord said to to dust your feet off, you know, dust your shoes off from the feet and move on. And so, in, in that context, then I need to be asking and seeking uh, what the Lord would have me uh, do in a much more efficient way. But let's just look at these words here and, and some assumptions that are given as we kind of uh, round this thing out. First, we must recognize, uh, number one, is that we need God's help. 
We need to be asking and seeking and knocking until we understand our inability do we understand that without him we're nothing until we understand our great need as he said in John 15 I am the vine ye are the branches and so he's the main stock we branch out from that we can only produce fruit from the energy and the nutrients that come up through the stock and into the vine. And if we're not attached and drawing from that, he said, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And so without me, without the Lord, uh, my life is one of nothing. We go back to how we were and remember what, what he said about our lost conditions. We're altogether become unprofitable. The Bible, speaking of that, said of the work of God, not by might nor by power, but when my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. And I think that the longer you live as a Christian, desiring to be a blessing to the Lord and blessing to the world, desiring to be used of God, desiring that your life might bring glory to Him, the more you're going to have to understand that if the Spirit of God is not energizing you, it's worthless. That's why I need to be asking and seeking and knocking. Because the ability to bring glory to God through my life is not going to be through the energy of the flesh. The songwriter said, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Look over in uh, Luke chapter 5, or in chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I think sometimes we misunderstand this portion of Scripture. But Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. And he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer, say, Trouble me not, the door is not now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and this be given you, seek, and ye shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. 
And if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more should your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And again, as we said before, we need the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish. And the point of this, point of this, oftentimes people will say, well, you know, the issue here is importunity. If I just keep asking God, if I just keep asking God and asking God and asking God and asking God, then eventually God's going to give it to me. And, and that's it. And this guy just kept telling his neighbor, I can't go, I need food, I can't go, I need food. But that's not the, that's not the, I mean, that may be a, a little tiny point in this. But the main point is this. If your neighbor will get up and give you something, how much more will God your Father give that to you, what you need? That's what the issue is, and that's what the final uh, verse that we read is talking about. And so, the promise of asking and seeking and knocking will not come until I, uh, I acknowledge to God that I need his help. That I, that, that I can't do it without him. Look over there in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. You see, this asking, seeking, and knocking is not about me getting a new car or a new boat or a new gun or a new house or a new set of clothes. It's more than that. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, and it came to pass, after this also, the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with the others beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria, and behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to thy seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil so when, if, when evil cometh upon us as a sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence. For the name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given to our saints. O our God, 
wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. You see, God simply wants us to come to him and say, we have no might. And we don't know what to do. God acknowledges the broken and contrite heart. And so in this asking and seeking and knocking, the core of it is that we are desperate for help. Not just desperate to have a new house. Not just desperate to have some new trinket. The second thing that we see in this is that asking and seeking and knocking is based upon kinship. Not a hard truth to understand. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Well, it's based upon kinship. There, back in Matthew chapter 7, and you see in verse 9, two verses after our asking and seeking and knocking verse, he says, Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? And so it's asking the relationship of a son uh, to a father. Then in verse 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good things unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? And so, again, it's in the context of relationship, that, that, that of being kin to each other, that God is our Father. And you, 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 have, you that have children... There are certain things that you're going to give to your children that you wouldn't give to other children that are, that are in your acquaintance. They're your children, and you need to supply for them. And so these are not promises given to every man on the street, but these are promises given to those that have a relationship with the Lord. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. And so receiving Christ as your Savior puts you in the family of God and it opens these promises to you. That these, that these commands here and these promises of these commands are only for those that are saved. For ye are all children of God by faith through Jesus Christ. If you've called and you've sought and you've knocked, but to no avail, then... Maybe uh, you're not only asking for the wrong things, but maybe uh, you're asking someone who's not your daddy to do those things for you. We need to be saved is the bottom line. Look over in Romans chapter 8. What a wonderful privilege to go beyond the truth of the scripture 
to go to experiential relationship with the Lord. As Paul said, that I may know him. Look in chapter 8 of Romans in verse 14. This saying about being the, the child of God moves beyond the mind. And then moves to the spirit. For as many, Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so, if, if I in my youth was talking to my neighbor and, and we were planning on, this other kid and me were planning on doing something and he had to go ask his dad, when he got back, I would say, what'd your father say? And he'd tell me. And I would say, well, my daddy said this. There's quite a difference between the formal father and daddy or papa. It's a term of endearment. And so he's saying here that we have a relationship and this kinship I'm talking about is not just a stuffy one, but it's actual reality. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. This asking, seeking, and knocking is for those who can enter in with Paul and said, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. You see, uh, salvation is a no-so experience. It's a personal experience. It's a real God. And you see the world, they, think, they just think Christians are on some kind of a trip. And there are lots of Christians that are just trip, that quote Christians are tripping. But real Christianity is to have an experience with God. To know God. And if children then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. And I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And so... I can ask such a one, I can seek him, I can knock, because the door that I'm knocking on is my father's. Now go with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness and unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he with, that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. 
And so he's, sticking, he's speaking to born-again children of God. And he says, Wherefore come out from among them, that we as his children need to watch who we hang out with. And be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. It's not talking about salvation. He's talking about a parent being able to be a parent. Because he says, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. What he's saying, he's not saying here, I'm going to be a father in relationship to uh, kinship, but I'm going to be a father in relationship to fellowship. And that I, sometimes, sometimes God is not able to answer our prayers because we're living in the world. And so it's based upon kinship, and I guess we could put slash fellowship. Now the third thing we need to see in this, and I think here's where we're going to get the key to why we're asking, seeking, knocking, nothing happens. In verse 3, I mean in verse 11, Some important words there. Much more. And good things. And asking and seeking and knocking. And I begin to think that God's word isn't true. That I didn't get that which I set my heart upon. He's saying, I have much more for you than what you are asking for. And I have some good things for you, much better than what you're asking for. And so God cares much more for us than our earthly father. Perhaps your father was not without faults, but... Your father was the best father that you knew. That you're thankful for your father. But much more your heavenly father. A father in the flesh wants you to grow to maturity and usefulness much more your Heavenly Father. And so when asking and seeking and knocking, I don't forget those words much more. When I was hurting, 
and I was unsure what to do. And when I felt alone and afraid, it was good to know that I could go home and say, Dad, I need to talk to you. But now, uh, James H. Humphrey is gone. And what a joy to know that there's one who much more wants to commune with me. Who wants to help me. And so never think that an audience with God goes unheeded. Never think that you're put on hold. Never think that his schedule book is booked up. Never think that his resources have been dried up. Never think that his ear is death and his arm is short. If you'll ask, it shall be given. If you will seek, you shall find. And if you knock, it will be opened unto you. Now the word good things, he says there, Father which is in heaven, give you good things to him that ask him. Know this. He is only going to give you the good things. And I witness today, thank God, that that was true. Because there's many things that I wanted and I asked for and I knocked hard for and he wouldn't give it to me. Because it wasn't the good things. God wants to give us the good things. Can we trust God for the good things? Can we accept it when his answer is no for the request that we made? When God says no, understand this, he wants to give you the good things. As we saw there in our passage in Luke, that the good things are linked to the Holy Spirit. We receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. God wants us to be not drunk with wine, but be you filled with the Spirit of God. He wants us to have the fullness of God. Look over in Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he said, this is how I'm praying for you, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So we're family. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, the best things. To be strengthened with might by spirit in the inner man. Not, to, not the outer man. What kind of suit I can have. 
what kind of car I can sit in, the inner man, that Christ may dwell, that means to be at home, that Christ may feel at home, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ with passes knowledge, the good things, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Ask and seek and knock that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, not trinkets, but exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. You see, uh, we ask and we seek and we knock and we don't get the answer and we cry and we bull up and we pout and, and all the time we're asking for a trinket, a new car, a new house, a new job, a new toy. And we come away empty because God wants to give us the fullness of God in our lives. I want us to go back and look at an example of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, Okay, you guys might even get out early today, unless, I, unless a rabbit jumps up and then we'll have to chase it. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 5. Behold, I've taught you statutes and judgment, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land where ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations which shall hear of all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so high unto them, so nigh unto them? And the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. And what nation is there so great and has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I sent before you this day. And so God promises to bless them. And their, and their laws, his laws and his statutes are going to bless them. Chapter 7 and verse 6 of Deuteronomy. Chapter 7 and verse 6. For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, the Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And, and we do know that God has a special plan for the nation of Israel even up until the millennial kingdom. But these, these verses apply uh, to all of God's children. The Lord did not set his love upon thee or choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. 
But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto thy fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of the bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, and repayeth them that hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep his commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day. Again, just some verses that talk about God blessing them. And then in verses 12 through 16, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken of these judgments and keep and do them, the Lord our God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercies which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee, and will also bless the fruit of thy womb, and the fruit of the land, and the corn, and the wine, and the oil, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, and the land which they swear unto thy fathers to give thee. And so there's going to be material blessings by putting spiritual things first. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from all the all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for they will be a snare unto thee. And so over and over and over and over, God says, I'm going to bless you. And we find in the book of Ephesians that God wants to bless us. But now I want you to go to Psalms 106. Psalms 106. And verse 13. And so it's talking about before here in the Psalms how that God let them go through the Red Sea there in verse 9. How he saved them from their enemies in verse 10. And it says in verse 13, They soon forgot his works. <coughs> they waited not on his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them the request that in asking and seeking and knocking, and it's mostly for material reasons, sometimes God will give you your request. But note the rest of the verse but sent leanness unto their soul. You see, in our asking and seeking and knocking, God wants to give us much more. And he wants to give us our good things. 
And God allows sometimes good jobs, which are not necessarily wrong, unless they get between you and the Lord. But our focus is all on this, this material world around us. And I'm asking, and I'm seeking, and I'm knocking, and I want to I improve myself financially. I want to make a better life for myself. And sometimes God gives them exactly what they ask for. And here they are, material-wise, rich and fat. But spiritually, they're like this old horse that's been out on the desert and the food has dried up and you can count every rib and he stumbles along and he's just surviving. God doesn't want us just to survive. And he doesn't want us to have leanness in our soul. Listen, the thing that's going to continue on with me forever is my soul. And so let's get out of the the muck, (laughs) the pig pen muck. It stinks, it stains, that makes life hard. And let us begin to ask and seek and knock for the good things, for the eternal things, for that which would make our soul rich and not lean. You see what he's trying to do here? He's trying to say, this world's not our home. He's trying to say, come on guys, smarten up. I've got much more for you. Much more for you. And that is a relationship with me. And so I need to ask God to Open my eyes. I need to seek the Lord while he may be found to be saved. And I need to seek his face. The psalmist talks about seeking his face. That I fall on my knees and I might experience God today. Not just know what the Bible says, not just to have my theology right, but I might experience God. And to knock and knock and know that much more than my neighbor wants to give me, the Lord wants to give me. I said when we begin these lessons, they're going to challenge my heart and hopefully your heart, but 
You see, the person who's asking and seeking and knocking for the best things, he's living for the Lord. He's longing for the Lord's presence in his life. He keeps asking. You see, you only seek for that which you really want. You only continually knock at that which you really want. And the problem with us is this. We're satisfied with just being saved and normal going to heaven. Shame on us. Much more. Much more. He has much more for us than just fire insurance from hell. Let us seek for that. Let us knock for that. Let us plead for that. May God help us to experience him, to know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. All right, you're dismissed.